the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Company and other factors not available. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today from Philip DeCourcy on Know the Truth. Remember this. The Spirit of God who authored the Bible will lead us to the Bible, help us to understand the Bible, and help us live by the Bible. The Scripture contains in it the credenda, the things which we are to believe, and the agenda, the things which we are to practice. From Genesis to Revelation, we see God working in the lives of those who are faithful to Him. But there is one key difference between Old Testament believers and the saints under the New Covenant, and that's the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Know the Truth. Today, our teacher, Philip DeCourcy, is just getting started in a series about the Holy Spirit. He'll be explaining why it's so important we understand the role the Spirit plays in our lives. With a message titled, Man's Best Friend, here now is Philip DeCourcy. I want to give you five reasons why a study of the Holy Spirit is so critical for your spiritual health and holiness. Number one, that living this side of Pentecost is a distinct privilege. We are the most privileged of all of God's family across history. We are the most graced of all the saints. Because the coming of the Spirit after the ascension of Christ was an historic watershed in redemptive history. And like the Old Testament saints, those who were living through the time of Jesus, they knew the work of the Spirit, but it was a work from the outside in. Unlike the Old Testament saints, the New Testament saints were indwelt, baptized, and sealed by the Spirit of God. It's an exciting thing to be living in this dispensation, the age of the Spirit, when we have the intimate and inward company of God in our lives. Here's the second reason why you need to stay with us in this series. You'll be able to better understand the spiritual inheritance that is yours in Christ. When you received Christ, you got more than forgiveness, as fantastic as that is. We won't go back to it. I quoted it to you, Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Peter says, hey, repent and trust Christ for the remission of sins, that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we need to come to understand the work of the Holy Spirit in sanctification, using the Word of God to bring us into likeness and conformity to the Son of God. And you need to get your head around the fact that with the gift of eternal life, you were given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and He will baptize you, seal you, fill you, illuminate you, encourage you across a lifetime. Number three, we will be in a better position to assess the truthfulness of our salvation. 
You see, it is the Spirit of God not only to bring us into union with Christ and into the family of God, but He will reassure us through His work in us and for us. Listen to Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself bearing witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. How important, then, is a study of the Holy Spirit? Because there I see the privileges of living this side of Pentecost. There I see that, you know what, there's so much more to being in Christ than that early and initial moment of faith. And through the full-orbed work of the Holy Spirit in me, I will live as a confident, assured Christian. I will sense Him and producing in me uh, holy impulses and, and religious affections towards Christ, causing me to cry, Abba, Father, and sharing the Father in Christ with other people. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3 says uh, regarding this. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, you know that you, people can recite creeds in a very empty fashion. What that means, nobody can say Jesus is Lord and mean it without the Holy Spirit. The truly regenerate man will walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, and be filled by the Spirit. When the Spirit of God lives in a man, it shows. That's going to be convicting. It will show. Others will see it, and the man himself will know it. I like the story of the little boy. He was confused by something the pastor had said on a Sunday morning service. And so he caught up with the pastor in the car lot and he said, sir, you said that I could ask Jesus into my heart. Pastor said, that's right. But said the little boy, Jesus is a man in a man's body. Pastor said, that's right. Little boy said, but I'm just a little boy. Pastor said, that's right. The little boy was puzzled, looked again at the pastor. And then he said this, betraying his ignorance of truth. But if I'm just a little boy and Jesus is a man, and if he comes to live in me, he'll be sticking out all over. And the pastor said, that's right. The simple, somewhat silly story, but, but the truth is profound. If, if Christ lives in you, he will stick out all over. The Spirit of God will show up in power and Christ-like character and, and giftedness for service. I hunger to know more of him. A hunger that others would see more of him in me, do you not? How important is this series? What a shame, as Francis Chan entitles his new book on the Holy Spirit, what a shame that he is the forgotten God. Here's a fourth reason. I will be better placed to make a judgment on what constitutes a genuine work of the Spirit. Remember this. The New Testament encourages us as Christians to have a healthy skepticism about things spiritual or about those who claim to be doing the work of God. In 1 John 4, 1 through 3, what are we told? Test the spirits. In the world of the Spirit and in the spiritual world, you and I need to be very discerning. For not all that glitters is gold in God's kingdom. We're told, aren't we, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, of deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We're told in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13 through 14, that even Satan himself comes in disguise as an angel of light. 
Everything that has the name of Jesus tied to it doesn't belong to the kingdom of God. Everything that is said to be of the Holy Spirit is not necessarily of the Holy Spirit. And you and I need to be discerning, and this series will help us as we get to know Him and His modus operandi. How much better will we be placed to make good sound judgments? Test the spirits. Test them by what, Pastor? Great question. Very clear answer. Test them according to the straight edge of God's infallible Word. Why do I say that? Quite simple. Follow the logic. According to Second Peter 1 verse 21, the Spirit of God produced the Word of God. The prophets of old were carried along by the Holy Spirit when they wrote that sure word of prophecy. We're told by Paul in 2 Timothy 3 that all Scripture is inspired by God. God breathed out. One of the metaphors and motifs of the Spirit is that He's breath, the breath of God, the wind of God. The Spirit of God superintended God's will upon those who wrote the Scriptures, ensuring that all that God wanted to say, they said, without error and without confusion. Therefore, it follows, doesn't it? If the Spirit of God wrote the Word of God, and you and I want to determine with clarity what is a work of the Spirit of God, line it up beside the Word of God. A study of the person and work of the Holy Spirit as presented in Scripture will therefore help us to test the spirits because the Spirit of God will never, I say never, lead us to violate the Bible. The Spirit of God who authored the Bible will lead us to the Bible, help us to understand the Bible, and help us live by the Bible. Thomas Watson, the Puritan, The Scripture is the library of the Holy Spirit and an exact model and platform of religion. The Scripture contains in it the credenda, the things which we are to believe, and the agenda, the things which we are to practice. I like that. The Holy Spirit is no independent contractor, but He works within the constraints of Scripture, for to fail to do so would be to contradict Himself. But the Holy Spirit is infallible. There's no contradiction, no corruption in Him. And what He says He will do, and He will never do what He tells us not to do. And He will always do what He has told us. Footnote. This is a kind of second test that that kind of uh, spins off here. The Bible tells us, remember, okay, we're going to measure what the Spirit does against the straight edge of God's Word. And we're given one explicit purpose of the Holy Spirit, and that is to shed light on the Lord Jesus Christ. Go back to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. What about John 16, verse 13? However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will, what does it say? Glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Two tests of recognizing an authentic, genuine work of God, the Holy Spirit. Does it measure up to the Word of God? And secondly, does it testify to the glory of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Nothing has the stamp of God's Spirit that diminishes or distracts from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In fact, we read in John's Gospel here that the Spirit was sent by the Father in His name, in Christ's name. He's Christ's deputy. He is the true vicar of Christ. The true vicar of Christ is not the Pope of Rome. It is the Holy Spirit. And how audacious for a wee man in Rome to call himself the vicar of Christ. The Father sent the Spirit in His name. He will glorify Christ as the head of the church. He will glorify Christ as a mediator between God and man. He will glorify Christ as the fullness of God in bodily form. He will glorify Christ as sinless and impeccable. He will glorify Christ as the only begotten Son of the Father. He will glorify Christ as the one and final sacrifice for sin. And He will exalt Him as the soon-returning King of the earth. That's what the Spirit of God will do. He will testify of me. The Spirit of God cannot be where Christ is denied as Redeemer and Lord of all. Jesus is the truth, and He is, John 14, 6. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, John 15, 26. Then the Spirit of God will always speak truth about the Son of God. He is a perpetual floodlight. A number of old commentators and present writers help us to kind of get a sense of the work of the Holy Spirit. He's said to be God's floodlight on Christ. I mean, if you go to a, a concert of music, uh, you don't spend the night looking at the lights on the stage. You spend the night looking at the stars on the stage who are floodlit and spotlit by those lights. You and I need to grasp that He is a floodlight on Christ. And just as the Son submitted to the Father, so the Spirit submitted to the Son and the Father, and He has come to testify of Christ. There's a humility to the work of the Spirit in relation to the Son. Let's be challenged by that. Here's a fifth reason why it's good to study the Spirit of God, but not just to study Him, but to pray fervently that that knowledge would become an experience. This series will protect you and me from an overreaction to charismatic chaos. The sloppy theology of a second work of grace in spirit baptism evidenced by tongues the non-biblical experiences of so many that claim to be enjoying the work of the Spirit with a laughing revival in which people barked and vomited in the Spirit, the false, unverifiable claims of healing, all of those things that are part of charismatic chaos in our day, if we're not careful, could cause you and me to run from a very real and a very authentic and a very biblical experience of the Holy Spirit. Because out of concern, we are in danger of always being tempted to throw the proverbial baby out with the bathwater. Their out-of-control fervor pushes us to passivity. Their subjectivism scares us away from that which is experiential and biblical. Their lack of a proper theology tempts us into turning the Holy Spirit into a debating point and forgetting that rather He is a dynamic for living. And all we ever do is score points in a theological debate about Him and we're never marked by His power and by His presence. That's why Vance Havner, the old Southern Baptist, said, we are so frightened to get out on a limb as it relates to the Holy Spirit that some of us won't even attempt to climb the tree. I think that is our danger. Our church's theological position is cessationism. That is that we believe that the sign gifts are not normative. 
for today, but died out in their normal use with the apostles. But we're not saying that the Holy Spirit died with them. He is very much alive. We're living in the era of the Spirit post-Pentecost, and the Spirit has baptized us. The Spirit has sealed us, and the Spirit wants to illuminate Christ to us. The Spirit wants to fill us. The Spirit wants to produce fruit in us. He wants to comfort us in our sorrow and bring wisdom in our confusion. But because of the charismatic chaos, sometimes we are driven by fear rather than by faith. And our theology of the Spirit, as Daniel Wallace says and from Dallas Seminary in a book entitled Who's Afraid of the Holy Spirit? As cessationists, we become reactionary and reductionist. Isn't that the sin of the Pharisees? Remember in Matthew 23, verse 23, 24, Jesus said, Hey guys, you're majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. You're swallowing camels. Oh, come on, get this thing sorted out. Get it into proportion. Get it into balance. And the same is true of us and the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Here's my prayer as we close. Although some may know us and even speak of us as standing against certain things, I want us to be known just as much that we are a church marked by the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, by the liberty of the Holy Spirit, and by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Of course, there are some things to be stood up against. There are some things that I think discernment leads us to be very cautious of. But as well as being known for that, I want us to be known as those who seek His power. and Do not grieve Him. Do not quench Him. But indeed pray and invite Him to take control of us as individuals and us as a church. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great... London Baptist preacher, was once a guest of a man who had made all his virtues known to everyone. He was, his virtues was the chief topic of conversation. And it was always negative. You know, he, he, he was virtuous because he didn't do this and he didn't do that. He, and all his virtues consisted of the bad things he didn't do. Spurgeon was kind of getting fed up with this and disgusted by the man's self-righteousness. And so Spurgeon said to him, quote, Why, man, you are simply a bundle of negatives. You don't drink, you don't gamble, you don't swear, but what in the name of goodness do you do? I think that's a great, great illustration. Sometimes when it comes to the Spirit of God, we can be just a bundle of negatives. We're against this. We're against that. We're going to stand opposed to the other thing. But what, for goodness, do we do? Are we filled? Are we discovering our giftedness and spiritual abilities and applying them to the body life of our church? Are we living in the power and encouragement of the presence of the paraclete who has come alongside us so that we don't have to retreat or accept defeat? We can be more than conquerors through Him that loves us. Oh God, we pray that you'll keep us from becoming a bundle of negatives, that we stand in opposition to this. But, oh God, help us to embrace all that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to realize that we are privileged and graced beyond measure this side of Pentecost. Help us to understand the fullness of our salvation and your intent to turn us into little Jesus 
through the work of the Holy Spirit. We thank you you have saved us, but we thank you you are saving us. We thank you you will save us. Help us to submit. Help us to open our lives to the filling of the fullness of God through the Holy Spirit so that we might sing to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that we may not be an embarrassment to Christ in the workplace because the Spirit-filled, we are good husbands, we are good fathers, we don't provoke our children, and we don't indeed ever find ourselves on the wrong side of our boss. We want to live lives of dynamic difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And so, oh God, the Holy Spirit, keep us from becoming a bundle of negatives. Help us to be discerning. Help us to test the spirits. But oh God, at the same time, help us not to grieve you. Help us not to allow our knowledge of you to be a substitute for really knowing you experientially. May you be more than a stranger. May you be more than a distant cousin to us. But may you make Christ all the more real to us as you become all the more real in us. We repent of grieving you and quenching you. We pray, O God, as these months unfold and in these studies that, O God, we will become a band of men whose heart the Lord has touched. And everybody said, Amen. Today's message represents the very first portion in a new study about the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. The series is titled, You Have the Advantage. And you don't have to miss a broadcast when you visit us online. Download individual messages or order the complete series on CD at ktt.org. Every day we share the truth of God's Word with you. And listeners across the country are responding. Listeners like a young woman who wrote to Philip recently. Here's an excerpt from her beautiful letter. I've had a difficult 2018, so much that I decided to see a therapist. The therapist I chose is a clinical psychologist. Because he was also trained in theology, he encouraged me to listen to Pastor Philip. I've watched your videos online, and although my days have been very dark, your messages are putting light on my path. Now, Philip... This letter really encouraged you, didn't it? We and I read that letter. In fact, that was a personal letter addressed to me and came across my desk, and it, it touched my heart. In the letter, she talks about how our broadcast made her day. It changed her life. She was recommended to listen to the broadcast. And in the Jonah series, uh, she was in a place of darkness and depression. And at the seat of it was an anger with God and with life. And our message on Jonah, Bad Mood, confronted her with that. And, and to her credit, she didn't run from the truth. The truth spoke into her life and brought her a place of repentance and renewal. And, uh, you know, our broadcast made her day and the messages changed her life. And frankly, her letter made my day because lives that are changed through this broadcast is why we exist. Uh, we, you know, this isn't about me. Uh, it's about the truth of God that sets people free. That's, I mean, that's our broadcast is called Know the Truth. Uh, Wayne, because the truth will set people free. And it, it has brought a freedom to this young woman, and it, it thrills me. And I just also even want to turn and just thank those people who support our ministry, the truth ambassadors and those who have given one-time gifts. Because in Philippians 4, Paul talks about the investment that the Philippians made in his life as fruit abounding to their account. And if you're listening today and you support our ministry, I want to thank you. And so does this listener want to thank you, because through your investment, 
and uh, our broadcast was able to get into her heart and change her life. And I want you to know that your investment is something that indeed will uh, rebound to your eternal reward. I want to thank you for your investment. I want to thank this uh, young woman for taking the time to let us know how the broadcast has changed her life. And if our broadcast has changed your life, would you let us know? And I want to thank God most of all, Wayne. This is His Word. It's His Son. It's His Gospel. And He's the one that brings about these wonderful transformations. Indeed, He is. Thank you, Philip. And every day, we direct people to know Christ and the truth that sets them free. If you'd like to share what God has been doing in your life, we look forward to hearing from you. Write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. Or contact us online at ktt.org. So glad you joined us today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back tomorrow to learn more about the Holy Spirit. That's Friday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Join us for WAVA's Women in Ministry High Tea and Conference. It happens June 14th at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. The day begins at 9.30 with breakfast and a morning session, followed by a high tea. Then Mylan and Kay Yurkovich from New Life Live deliver a message about turning stress into opportunities for emotional intimacy. You can register right now at WAVA.com. Keyword women. And we'll see you on June 14th at WAVA's Women in Ministry High Tea and Conference. This is Alistair Begg, and this summer I'll be visiting many historic sites made famous over 500 years ago during the Reformation. I invite you to join me on this multi-city tour in Europe that includes a world-class cruise down the scenic Danube River. And along the way, we'll study the Bible together and discover what insights the early Reformers gained from Scripture. Join me on this remarkable journey. Go to WAVA.com, use the keyword cruise, or call 703-807-2211. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.